Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Mindset Leadership Con uh, Conference. I'm, I'm Riley Jensen. I'm your host. And I'm really excited today to introduce uh, a longtime friend of mine, clear back from 1992 when he was an assistant at Snow College. Um, and I, I actually, I, I don't know if he remembers this. Well, I'll tell this story in a minute. But uh, I just want to introduce to you all uh, the head coach for Dixie State College, John Judkins. How you doing, John? Good. But first of all, it's Dixie State University, buddy. Don't oh. forget that. Oh my gosh, I messed that up. It's Dixie State University. Sorry. There you go. That's all right. Oh, guys, man, it's, you know, it's changed a couple times. <laughs> I can love right. Dixie College too, you know, so it's the same. There you go. I got you. I got you. So, so fun story for me. This it probably isn't that fun for you. You probably don't even remember it. But I, I seriously remember being a young boy in Logan, Utah. Rod Tuller was the head coach. There was a guy named Reed Newey. There was a guy named Jeff Omar Anderson. There was John Judkins. There was Danny Conway. There was all these studs on the team. And you guys used to go over and shoot at the hyper. And I think I must have been in sixth or seventh grade. I was, I was pretty young. I used to ride my bicycle over there and just look for college basketball players. And you and Reed Newey were shooting the ball. And I was so scared to ask you, but I came up and I said, hey, do you guys care if I just like rebound for your guys? And you guys were like, I mean, sure, if you want to. You made my life for that year. I thought I was the coolest kid in the world just shagging the ball for Reed Newey and John Judkins shooting the three. Now, if I remember right, you were number 23. You were the original number 23. That's Is it. That right? I was. I'm, I I'm, telling that. <laughs> I'm telling you, you were Michael Jordan before he was Michael Jordan. Yeah, there you go. They didn't have my number, so I had to take that one. There you go. That's how it works. But no, I do remember that. That's funny. It goes back. I remember having some classes even with your dad, too. It was fun to, to do that. But man, the hyper was a place we lived. I mean, with my, that's where my, all my classes were. And we'd spend hours in that gym shooting. And, and you know, we didn't have the gun back then or the, the toss back that throws a gun, the ball back to you like they do now. So we, we need to find somebody to rebound. You can ask my wife when we were married and dating and so forth. She was always my, my rebounder as well. So I do remember that, right? Yeah, I, that was, that was big time for me. I, I rooted so hard for you and Reed Newey that year. It was like, I, I lived and died on whether you made a shot or not, or whether you got the rebound. And I think in, in, if I remember right, in 88, you guys won the PCAA conference and went and went to the NCAAs. Who did you guys play yeah. in that tournament? We played Vanderbilt with big Will Purdue. They beat us by three. Right. Yep. Yep. That was a, that was, that was a, that was a fun team to watch. Those are, those are great memories for me. I know uh, we, we reconnected later when I was playing football at snow and you're the basketball coach down there, but. Um, I've always admired you and your family from afar and you've always been, you know, I told my brothers that I was interviewing you and they're like, Oh man, he was so cool to me when I was at snow and you just, you just got a great reputation in our family. So thanks for spending a few moments with us. On this, no problem. Uh, yes. Thank you for having me. So uh, I, I want this interview to be just a little bit different. I want to, I want to come at a little bit of a different angle than maybe you normally have as a basketball coach, but um you know, the Judkins family in Utah is pretty famous. You got your brother, Jeff, the coaches up at BYU. Um, you've got, you've got yourself. Um, I remember your brother telling me stories of little mental games that he played with Drew Miller at, at the University of Utah when they were, when he was coaching up there with Rick Majerus. But 
well, how would you just how would you define mental toughness what do you what do you think mental toughness is that's that's a good question um you know the game nowadays it's it's a lot of mental toughness um you have to be you have to take that that advantage um i think kobe's doing a not kobe excuse me lebron's doing something i saw on espn the other day about you know, your mind's kind of a muscle. Yeah, I, I believe that, you know, and, and talk about the Utah State days. I mean, we had Richard Gordon did us. He was our sports psychologist for our team. And at first we're like, this guy's crazy. You know, we're all laying on the ground, close your eyes, relax. And I'll tell you what, you start doing that. And you, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I would, I would ask him to send me tapes, just, just like relaxing tapes, just to go through that. Because I'll tell you what, it's it's not just a physical game, it's a mental game. And, and I found that out here at, at Dixie State, uh, going Division Two uh, this last two years, being in the RMAC, we, uh, we had to play back-to-back -back games on Friday night and Saturday night to try to save money and, and different things in the conference. And I'll tell you what, that Saturday game was more mental than, than anything you could think about. So we, we really strive to do that. We have a, a great uh, sports psychologist here at Dixie State and Ron uh, Chamberlain and and we use him, and we we think it's very very important. We use it to our advantage. Now you're naming you're naming off sports psychology guys like crazy. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Gordon, when I went when I went back to school, I mean, he's in all the textbooks. He's he's very very well established, and uh, you know all all of these things are are interesting to think about. Um, do you feel like do you feel like mental toughness or like the mentality of kids has has changed over the years? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um, but, you know, there's there's things coaching wise you can and can't do. You know, back in my days, I mean, Rod Tudor wasn't that way. My high school coach wasn't that way with Larry Maxwell of getting on us but, uh, or, or throwing things at us or doing whatever. But, uh, you know, nowadays you, you try to get on a kid and help a kid and boy, they just uh, it's it's pretty tough. So you, you have to go a different ways. And that's the hardest part of coaching for me is I got to find what buttons work for each player. You know, some players like that challenge. They like to, to be yelled at or not yelled at, but try to get them motivated to go. Some don't. Some more like the pat on the back, hey, you can do this. And, and some's like, like challenge. I like the, you know, the Jordan thing. I'm, I watched that on Sunday, and, and his dad said, one of the things I loved about that is I, if you wanted Michael to do something, you tell him he can't do it and then he'll go out and do it. And I, I think that's true in a lot of our, our teams is sometimes you tell a kid he can't do something and he's, he's going to prove it to you. He can, but uh, you know what? You just got to do what works for your team and what you got to find what each player responds to. And, and that's kind of what I try to do. And it's, it's hard at times. It's really tough to find out what button gets that person to play their very, very best. It was, it was fun. It was fun to watch the last dance, the first two episodes and and see his parents i mean i know when he got cut from the sophomore team as a sophomore and and they they flashed to his mom Dolores, and she goes well you need to work harder this summer i mean that's that feels a little bit rare doesn't it like that that's a little different than like some of the stories that we hear now where it's like well then we're out of here we're going yeah. to the next school we're going to the next town we're going to the wherever we need to go to get what we want out of this right that, that's so true. And, and I, I go around and talk at camps and stuff here locally in St. George. And that's the first thing I say to those high school kids. Hey, if you don't make it your freshman or sophomore year, the worst thing you can do is just quit and go do something else. It just means you got to work harder, you know, and I tell my, this is what I always tell them in this conference. I say, look to your left, look to your right. You see that guy next to you. That's a guy that you'll be fighting for to make your high school team. And who wants it the most is going to get it. But I love that story. Thurl Bailey's another one. 
you know, that kind of same thing happened to him. He got cut and all of a sudden he grew like a weed and, and there he was. So, you know, you can't, when things don't go well, you can't just quit and they go, well, it's not for me. I'll go do something else. If you want it bad enough, you gotta, you gotta keep trying. And that's one thing I try to tell my kids here is, you know, we never quit. You always work harder. So if you want it bad enough, you'll figure a way how to, how to do it. So I thought that was a good story of Michael Jordan. Do you, how do, how do you, how do you, and, and I know this is probably a million dollar question. Some of the other coaches that I've asked this question, they're like, well, when you find the answer to that, Riley, then, yeah. you know, that, but are there, are there any things that you look for as far as mental toughness in a kid when you're recruiting him? How do you, how do you do that? How do you decipher it? Well, yeah, amen to those other coaches. You're exactly right. It's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard to do. But you know what? That's where, you know, the, the, the media stuff is so now not nice, the social media where you can get film on guys and so fast seeing a player and stuff. But I still like to go see them in person and go see them in practice and go see them, uh, you know, talking to their friends and, and talking to their family and find out, you know, what works. But it's hard. It's hard to find that that tough thing. But, you know, sometimes guys will say, what? I'll send you some tapes. And I always say, okay, send me a good tape of you scoring a lot of points and then send me another tape that uh, maybe you didn't score a lot. Maybe, you know, things weren't on the, that night or whatever. And then I can see things about that kid. Hey, does he still play defense? Does he still hustle when the ball's not going in? Or is he just like, oh, this is a bad day. I'm not going to be very good. There's things you can see. I, I try to do that, but uh, you're right. It's, it's a tough thing uh, to do that. But, you know, talking to teammates, their teammates, you can get a lot out of out of one, and and uh, that's kind of what I try to do. But you're right; it's a hard hard thing to find. And when you find that out, you're right. Let me know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so switching a little bit of gears to just you personally, you've you've coached for a long time. How many years have you been coaching now? Oh, 30 some thirty one, thirty two, something like that. I I've, I've been here at Dixie State for fifteen, and I was at Snow for sixteen, seventeen. So that kind of gives you gives you an idea. Yeah, and and. And does that count as an assistant as well that you were at, at Snow? Snow I, at Snow, I was assistant for three years, and then I was there for, uh, what, 15 or 12, 12 to 13 years as the head coach. And I said, I'm going on to my 16th season here at Dixie State. You've been, you've been to two different places. Obviously, you've been coaching for a long time. And um, I, I really feel like you're, you're, you're one of those – you're one of those guys that has the great balance between and I and I remember when I played football at Snow College, you used to have have us come and, and bang up Kevin Carlston and bang up some you know Barrett Peary and some of those guys and and just play really physical tough defense on them and get them. I remember you telling me like, hey, just get them frustrated. I don't even care if you score one point. I just want these guys to feel like a little bit frustrated playing against you guys. And I think you've always had a good balance between just loving your kids up, but then also like building some toughness and I think that comes from you and your background did did you have a dad did you have a brother did you have some sort of an, a high school coach or an example that like that you have followed or have you stolen from a lot of coaches how, how did you become mentally tough and how did you get that good balance well talk with the family that's the first thing to start out yeah we uh I, we have eight in our family uh with four brothers and four uh and four sisters uh, Jeff, uh, like you said at BYU, he's my oldest brother. Then I have two brothers in between me and him. And so we'd go out and play, and it was always me and Jeff against those two. Uh, Jerry and Jay were a year apart. They're almost like twins. And so they, uh, you know, we had some pretty big battles back then. So that was one way. If I wanted to play with them, I had to be tough. I had to, to go do it. And we used to go up and play dunk ball at Indian Hills with 
I mean, it was a packed house. And then we'd go play, you know, at East Mill Creek. I'd always go play at those guys. Um, and I'd play with older players. And, and you know, I'm, I got a son now. It's going to be a senior. And that's kind of the same thing I kind of tell him. Go play with better players, older players. That's how you get better. And, and uh, you got to learn how to, to hold your hold your rounds. So that was the first thing. My dad was a coach for us, too. He coached with some baseball and basketball. And, and uh, you know, he taught us a lot of that stuff. And, again, my first cousin is Danny Vrain. So we – we had a pretty good team back then playing in the, you know, East Mill Creek gyms. Uh, that was one my high school coach, I thought, uh, really set the, the tone for us. So Larry Maxwell at Highland High School, they just named the gym after him. Uh, great coach. What a guy that taught me more than just basketball. Um, just just taught, taught us the, the way of life, you know, and how to do things. And then, like I said, I came down here for one year at Dixie State. Uh, played with Neil Roberts, who's one of the one of my favorite coaches I've ever played for. He just he just prepared us so well. And then I go to Utah State, like you said, and three years with Rod Tuler. One of those years was with Con Smith, and him coming from Bobby Knight. You know how that was. So that was intense, and and we had to be tough. And you know I, I love when I go talk to people and they talk about my teams and they say, you know, I love. They'll call me and say, I got a kid for you. And I said, Great. Well, what is he? And he's like, Oh, he can really shoot it, and he's really physical and tough. And they say, oh, he fits you perfect. That's the kind of guys you like. And it's true. Those are the kind of guys that I, that I look for. I like those kids that, uh, you know, when things don't go well, they're, they're still going to battle and be tough. And, and when opposing teams tell you that I hate playing you guys because you're so physical and you get after it, that, that just makes me smile even more. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What do you what do you think was your, your, your biggest failure that you've had as a coach or a player? And how, do, how did you overcome that? I should never have got into coaching. That's my biggest failure. You can't make any money. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. I love it. No, I, I you know, I, failure, I, I hate failure. Um, you know, I mean, everybody has it, but you know what? You can learn so much from it. Um, I've, I've lost some games that, uh, boy, I don't know how we lost or, or things that happen that really knocks you down. But, uh, but then, you know, the next day comes up and you, you realize what you can do and, and you have a big win. I mean, coaching, the reason why I got into coaching was, uh, to me, it's the next best thing of playing. Um, I still have the butterflies. I still have the, the up and downs. You lose a game, you're kind of mad, but then you win a big game. There's not, not a better feeling in the world. And uh, I just love teaching uh, the kids and seeing them grow. And I, I still stay very close to my ex-players. And, and, you know, I just got a great relationship. Well, that's, that's kind of why I did it. And I love it. And I just love going to, to work. But, uh, you know, those games, those tough games, like, for example, last year, we lost two games, win the conference. Uh, but we lose two games to, we go up to a place, we go up to Adam State, and uh, we lay an egg and we lose. And they're down at the bottom of the league. And, and, uh, you know, you lose a game like that, it just kills you. And then we go over to Colorado Christian, same thing there. They, they have three or four wins uh, in conference, and, and we lose in overtime. Those ones kill you. You know, those are so hard to swallow, especially driving back on a long road trip. And even at Snow College, I remember some of those crazy days. But, you know, you, you bounce back. And, you know, Coach K always taught, I read his book and stuff, it's, you know, you got to move to the next play. We always say that. You know, we make a mistake. We always say next play, next play. And, and that's kind of what we do here is try to get to the next game. I want them to, to think about it for a while and, and think what they could do better after a tough loss or something like that uh, within an hour. But when that hour's up, it's, it's move on. Let's move on to the next game and, and prepare ourselves. And I think that's 
something that here we've done really well at, at Dixie State that one of our goals is never lose two in a row. And people laugh at that. What kind of goal is that? And you know what? If you can accomplish that, you get a pretty good chance of winning your conference because you can get in a losing streak and you can get in a winning streak. And I found out that doing that and not losing two in a row can really, really help your team. And so, again, there's a mental thing of, hey, we're not losing two in a row, guys. There's no way. And, and the guys believe that. They buy into that. And, and so far, it's worked for us. I love it. I love it. I, 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 when, when you were talking there about, you know, just kind of kind of sitting in it for a minute, but then, but then moving on to the next play, it reminds me of a phrase that we use in sports psychology all the time of embrace the suck, don't stay in the suck, right? It's yeah, yeah. Give yourself a little bit of a time limit. Like, yeah, be upset about it. Be, be a competitor, be upset that you lost that game. And then once that time limit is over, whether it's a half an hour, you said an hour after the game, then let's move forward and let's, let's go play the next game and the next opportunity and, and, and have our next chance to do something really good. And yeah. I, really, I think that's true for, um, I think that's true for big plays and big games too, right? Like embrace the awesome, don't stay in the awesome, right? Yeah. You know, like, Hey, let's, let's, you know, if you're driving home from a snow college game and, and it's a long drive home, like let's enjoy it tonight. Like let's, let's hoop it up. And then tomorrow, you know, we got to get back in our game plan and we got to get ready for the next big game and the next big win and, and everything. Yeah. You can't get too high and you can't get too low. You got to stay, you know, stay in between there right there. But you're right. It's, it's a, it's a tough, tough thing to do. And, you know, I've had players that, like I said, lose a game and they, they forget about it really quick. And there's some guys that hold on to it forever. So we, we try to, you know, find that right area. And that's why I say an hour, half hour is a good one too, but just, you know, think what you can do better and, and, and then let's move on. And, and that's how you get better. No question. I love it. I love it. If you, uh, if, if we were to take a group of your friends, like if we were, if I were to go back and talk to Reed Newey or Danny Conway or some of these, some of these old names from Utah state and, 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 and they were, and, and they, they, they were going to fill in this blank or how would you think they would fill this in? John will be a successful coach because he is blank. What do you think they would have said? Or what do you think your peers would have said? I don't know. That's a hard question. They'd probably say a lot of crazy stuff. You know, <laughs> I, I know that I'm getting old because I coached Danny Conway's boy two years ago. Did you really? Yeah, Matt Conway played for me two years ago. And, uh, you know, here, me and Danny were, were roommates and, and teammates for three years at the Utah State. So that was quite interesting. And now I got, uh, I got another kid on my team, uh, Trevin Alfrey. I coached his dad at Snow, Brian Alfrey. So it's just, it's kind of weird. I'm, now I'm coaching the guys that I played with kids or, or even worse, I'm coaching the guys, uh, kids that I coached. So it's, it's a different deal, but that's a good question. I don't know. I wish you could ask them that and then, and then send it back to me. But, you know, one thing I try to do, I just try to be fair. You know, I try to be fair with these kids I coached with and, and, uh, you know, I give them opportunities. I had a couple freshmen that signed with us this year and, you know, hey, coach, what do you think my role is? And, you know, I, I expect him to come in and play a lot. And, uh, you know, when our season's over at the end of the year, we always we always start over. It doesn't matter if you're a starter, if you're a senior, if you're a junior, freshman coming in, I, I'm going to give them a chance to show what they got. If they're prepared and they work hard, uh, they're going to get that chance. But that's those are things that I hope that people say is, you know, I gave I gave some of my best players I had at Snow were, were walk-ons. I mean, I had Trent Whiting, I had uh, Jake Schroeder, uh, you know, I had some of these guys like that, that uh, I gave them a chance and boy, they, they took off and, and did, did really well for us. So I hope that's something, but again, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to hear what they have to say on that. 
you just brought up a really good name. Trent Whiting, I'll never forget, Snow College, 1996. He comes out wide on a two-on-one fast break. And Keon Clark, who played for the yeah. Utah Jazz, and, the, and he went up over the top and dunked on that guy. And I thought it was the most phenomenal athletic play I'd ever seen. That guy was a walk-on. Yeah. I didn't, why didn't you give that guy a scholarship, Coach? We did. We did. <laughs> okay, okay. We did. No, no, he, you know, in fact, when he came in from Idaho, you know, we thought, hey, this kid can – Tough kid. And, there, and there's a kid that, uh, you know, you find the right buttons to push. But we had a point guard go down his sophomore year, and he was playing our two for us. And, and I said, hey, I got I to play you at the point. You got to take care of the ball and get us in stuff. And, man, he just took off. And then that was his position. It reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Dominic, uh, Dominic uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, where they had to play him at the point a little bit this year and even more last year. And, boy, you saw some things that he could do with the ball in his hand. And that's – that's how Trent was, you know. I mean, I just thought he was a kid from skinny. He was a skinny kid, if you remember. He was a skinny kid oh, yeah. from Idaho, and but yeah. boy, he could, he could get up. And he boy, he was a gamer. When you talk about being competitive and and stuff, man, he he was, you know, he was that way. Every drill we did, he he wanted to win every drill he played. And you know, I, I use that with my kids. You know, I, there's a difference between being competitive and being a poor loser. Um, I, I want kids. I want everybody. You, you don't ever want to lose whatever you're doing. You want to do your very, very, very best and try to win or, or you know, do that. You don't want to, well, I'll just do average and see how it goes. You always do your best no matter what you're doing. And if you don't win, then you move on to the next day and, and do better. But uh, yeah, he was one of the most competitive guys I've, I've coached. I like, I like that phrase. There's a difference between being competitive and being a poor loser. That's, mm-hmm. that's good stuff. I, I would say this and I, and, you know, I, my, my memories of you, and the reason why I think you're a great coach, is you always had a smile on your face when you're playing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, just see, there it is right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were all I, – I, I remember that as a young kid. Like, man, he loves playing basketball. Now, now I know you. I think you just love life, and I think you love people, and I, I think you love a lot of things. But I thought there was a pure, like, joy of the game for you. And then the other thing that I remember is I just remember you taking charges. I remember you doing the dirty work. I remember you getting rebounds. If they wanted you to shoot the three, you shot the three. If you had to go back to the basket, you did that. You were, you were like the perfect example of someone that, that um, is like a, a paperclip to me, right? Like a paperclip's made to put two pieces of paper together, but we all use paperclips for a million different things, right? And you never complained. You n- it didn't matter where they put you. You're like, I'm on the court. I'm playing. I'm glad to be here, and I'll do whatever it takes to help my team. And I think that I think that's what I remember about you, and that's what I remember about some of your teams is just being willing to do what it takes to win. And and you you just brought up a perfect example of Trent Whiting, where he had to switch from the two to the one, and and yeah. just he just did what he had to do to help you guys win. Well, so. Yeah, you're right. And at Utah State, that's what I had to do to, to get on the court. You know, I remember Rod Tudor pulling me in his office and say, hey, you deserve a, you deserve a start, but I got a kid on this team that if I don't start him, he's worthless. You know, he just won't play. I got to keep him starting. <laughs> tell me who that is. You tell me who it is. He was before, a year before me, number 32. I'll give you that yet. Oh, okay. okay. He played okay. at Manti High School. Snow right. College in Manti. His name is Bill Floyd. That's who it was. Remember Bill Floyd? Yep. But anyway, he, he started him, um, and then he got brought off the bench. And, again, like I told him, I didn't care as long as I played and as long as I was in the game when it mattered at the end, and, and that's what Coach Tudor did. So I, I had to do things, like you said. I had to do things, take charges, play defense. I mean, in high school, I was a scorer. 
that's <laughs> that's what I kind of wanted to do, shoot all the time. And uh, then when I went to college, you know, for me to play, I had to really work on my game and, and defend and rebound. And that's that's what I decided to do, to, just so I could get on the floor and play. And I loved it. I love it. I love it. What uh, If you could give yourself advice from 15, 20 years ago, you could go back and talk to John Judkins. What, huh. what, what would you tell yourself? That, that's wow! You're you're throwing. I'll tell you some hard questions out oh, there. Come on, man! You got oh, you got. No, you know, I I tried to. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything I'd change back. I, I remember when I when I um, went to Snow College and and uh, I was there one year with the coach uh, Larry Anderson was Liddell's boy and I was there one year with him and then he was let go and I thought oh, I I want that head job position right now. You know, I've only been out of college one year and I applied for it and. I remember uh, uh, one of the members on the on the committee said, "You don't want this job. You're you're too young. What happens if you you know you, you, it could kill you if you don't win or don't do well? This could hurt your your career." And I looked at him. I said, "Yeah, but what if I what if I won? What if I what if I do good? I mean, this is going to help my career. I'm I'm 23, 24 years old as a head coach. This is this is a dream come true." And, and he kind of looked at me. He goes, "You know what? You're right." And that's that's kind of how I've always gone into positions and jobs. Um, you know, I'm not a guy that jumps around a lot. If you, if you see my career, it's been at snow and it's been at Dixie state. I, I love to do something. I love to change lives. That's why I, I said, I love coaching because I, I get so close with these guys. It's hard for me to, to bell. I'm pretty loyal to the, to these guys. And, and I remember at snow, I had a couple opportunities to leave and go somewhere else at some bigger schools. And it was, the timing was terrible and I just couldn't, I couldn't go to a kid and say, hey, sorry, I'm not here and I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else next year or, or in a month I'm leaving. I just had a real hard time with that. So I don't know if there's a lot I would change. Um, you know, there's games, obviously, I wish I could have done better. Uh, won some games that maybe we should have won and we lost. I think there's a couple of recruits that I tried to, to maybe I should have done a little bit better job of that. But, you know, I, I remember at Snow, to another one that reminds me of the story is they came out with the rule of – of transfers they didn't want people to transfer from one to school to the next and they're trying to make penalties on it and and all this and they wanted to vote so we had 10 teams in the league at the time and nine of the 10 coaches voted to have a transfer rule that you could not transfer if you did you had to sit out and I was the only one that voted to have transfers and they're like you're crazy you're gonna lose you're gonna lose some players I said no I'm not if they don't want to be here then I don't want them here but I'm telling you right now there's there's guys who go somewhere else because of money or because of closer to home uh, where they go there and they don't like it and they want to transfer. And I'm one of the first guys they always call because I was their second choice. And so I, I always fought that and, and it paid off for me. I got a lot of, of transfers because of, of that. So, but I, again, I love what I do. I love what I love coaching. I love, uh, I love just teaching and, and, uh, more than just basketball, it's just life, you know. And I see these kids grow up and and see them have great jobs and do do have, have so much success in life. That that makes me happy. That tells me I did something did something right. Yeah, I think I think every player I've ever talked to that you played for just in one way or another loved loved the way that you taught them and helped them and and helped them progress. Last question, and then I'll let you get back to your family. I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with me today. What would you say or what, what words of encouragement would you give to people out there right now that are struggling, being at home, maybe they've lost jobs, maybe they've lost a loved one to COVID-19? What, what, what kind of advice or what kind of, what kind of life lessons or, or, or maybe wisdom can you give us 
for those people out there that are struggling right now with, with yeah. all the change and all the different things that are going on? Well, it's, it's so tough. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, just keep your head up. Keep your head up and keep fighting. We can get through this. You know, it's, it's going to take some time. And, and uh, you know, I, I told somebody this the other day, it's going to be a, a good thing. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us better. It's just kind of like a loss in a game of basketball. You know, you lose some, it makes you tougher, makes you stronger. Uh, it makes you a better, a better person. I, I look at some coaches have some really tough losses uh, that maybe even lost their job. And, and uh, you know, the, all of a sudden, two or three years later, they got a better job than they had the first time, you know, because of they had to go through this and learn. But, um, you know, we, we're going to have challenges in our life with with jobs, with this, with family, with losing somebody. Like you said, we we had one of our, our girls on our basketball team that played here a couple of years ago uh, passed away uh, last week, you know, and it's just she's 21, 20, no, she's 23 years old, you know, and it's just um, – it's tough. People are going through a really tough time right now. And just, just keep your head up. And like you said, I love to smile, keep smiling. Yeah. Uh, this, this thing's gonna, this thing's gonna pass and hopefully it'll, it will keep us and get us stronger than, than ever before. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes with me. You're one of, you're one of my all time favorite people, most probably because every time I see you, you got a smile on your face and we get to tell some old stories and we get to, we get to talk about our old days back in Ephraim when it, smelled like a turkey farm was blown. Right? And, Still uh, does, man. But I'll tell you the best turkey out there, man. Barbecue turkey. <laughs> there you go. And uh, please, please give your wife a big hug for me. She was always a sweetheart. And uh, I know she might, she might even be more mentally tough than you. She's, she's, she is. She, uh, she keeps me under control. There's no question that game. She, again, you got to have that little figure like that with my players. My players love her too as well. And uh, when I get on, well, yeah, when I get on him a little bit, she's over there to hug him, and hey, he's doing it because he loves you. And that, I do tell my guys that a lot. If I'm on you because I love you and I take, I want you to do better, and I know you can do better. If I ignore you, then you know, you know, you're in trouble. You're in my doghouse. So she's always there to hug him and say, "I promise, he loves you. He's just trying to make you better." And she, she's I, that's, a great, what I, that's what I remember about you. You guys were a power couple and just great people. So. Thanks again for joining us. This is the 2020 Leadership Mindset Conference. Thanks again, Coach John Judkins, Dixie State University head coach. Thank you. Thanks, Riley. Hey, uh, you're the man, dude. Yeah, that was fun.